If you're staying in here with me tonight, we're going to turn in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter, nope, I'm sorry. I'll get it right here in a minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Am I loud enough out there for everybody? Okay. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know. Everybody say no. And that means that we might have the knowledge of the things that are freely given to us of God. This is part six of a message where a series, of, obviously, that we're doing titled That We Might Know. And this all began uh, some November the 1st, I think, was the first message on this. And uh, it was really birthed in my heart based on uh, just something the Lord was stirring in my heart about the people of God not really being sure of what they've already been given, trying to work for things, trying to do things to get things from God. But when He gave you Jesus, He gave you everything. All the promises of God are in Him. Yes and amen. Everything was given to you and given freely to you when you were born again. It's just a matter of learning to trust Him and His work there, His finished and perfect work at Calvary, to be able to experience the things that are already available to you. And so tonight we're going to move in more so on the really the topic of knowledge. And uh, as I was meditating and praying about this message, uh, even more so, the Lord reminded me that there's really, there's two places that we can experience when it comes to knowledge. And I'm not talking about knowledge of how to fix a car or to weld or to ride a horse. I'm talking about spiritual knowledge that you have to have as a Christian. Really, you have to have it to even become a Christian. And so those two avenues, really, you, you can be ignorant, meaning you can be without the knowledge. You can, not stupid, but ignorant. Ignorant is, I don't know. You, you can be ignorant of, meaning you're without the knowledge, or you can now have the knowledge and choose to ignore it. And we all do that. Can I get a witness? We all do that because the, the, the Bible promises that while we're making our calling and election sure, we won't stumble. Have, have you stumbled lately? Well, you know what? You aren't making your calling and election sure while you were stumbling. Amen. Amen. I mean, living in victory is a reality. It's a promise. You can live in victory. I didn't say you'd be sinlessly perfected, but you, the Bible promises that you won't stumble when you're making your calling and election sure. Amen. Have you not read that? Peter wrote it. Amen. But we do stumble. We, 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 we do stumble because we're not moment by moment striving for the faith of the gospel. Nobody will ever talk us out of the reality that Jesus died for us. We believe it happened and we believe that we're saved by that. But we do not trust in that every minute. We believe it, but we do not trust in that work every minute. Because if we did, we wouldn't commit some of the things that we do. Amen. So my point is this, either we don't know and we're bound by the sin nature even as Christians because if we don't know what, how the Bible teaches how to live in victory, then you're trying to work for your victory because you don't know. But once you do know, then you have a choice, Romans 6.16, you choose to serve obedience unto righteousness so that you're no longer serving the sin nature unto death in ignorance. Now you have the knowledge, but everything came through the knowledge. Everything comes through the knowledge. You have to know something, and then once you know it, you have to choose to believe it. You have to choose to believe it. Christianity does not just work magically and mystically and automatically. You must choose. Most Christians are waiting on a move of God. God's waiting on you to move. Amen. Most, our whole life will be spent waiting on a move of God when God's, listen, a move of God is Him being able to move you. That's the move of God. A move of God is Him being able to move you. 
And he can do that if he can get you focused on what he delivers you unto always, which is the death of his son. So we're going to talk a little bit about this knowledge tonight. We've heard it for years. You, you can be ignorant, meaning you don't know, or you can now know in that other word that's wrapped up in the word ignorant, ignore, ignorant, ignore is in within the perimeters of ignorant. You now know, but you choose to ignore. You didn't get your way, so you threw a fit. While you're throwing that fit, you ain't trusting in Calvary. You know it happened, and you believe it happened, but while you're throwing that temper tantrum, you're not trusting in Calvary even though you have the knowledge. Does anybody know, is that only happened to me? Is that only real to me? No, I know it's not. It's, it, it happens to all of us. We have the knowledge, but, but we don't always choose to walk in that knowledge. This is what makes it a good fight of faith. Amen. And you will be in the fight or you will not experience what you need to experience because things aren't just handed to you. You must choose by faith to believe. They're free, but you have to believe. Amen. Let's look first of all tonight. That was our springboard scripture, if you will. Let's look tonight at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. And we'll see, uh, so I believe, some very powerful truths here as Peter writes. Uh, Andrew asked me uh, not long ago, he, we always text back and forth and share the Word of God, and, and, and he asked me, he said, uh, he said what do you, man, how do you think that the early church went so far off the deep end that, they, it, that it turned into Catholicism? over in Rome and all that. I said, because they didn't believe what Paul wrote. They thought Paul was a fanatic. They didn't even, they questioned his authority as an apostle. They threw him out for the most part. And if you, listen, if you don't know what Paul wrote, you're not going to know how to live for God. It's not going to happen for you. You can get saved, but you're not going to know how to live for God. And that's exactly what happened. They had the knowledge, and Peter, Peter even wrote about it. Well, I mean, we're in Peter. That's why the Lord's reminded me of this, I guess. But Peter talked about those that had Paul's writings, but they were unlearned and unstable, and they took what Paul wrote. Now, this was going on in Peter and Paul's lives. That tells you that people were reading what Paul already had written. Peter calls them his epistles, Paul's epistles, while they were still alive. And Peter said that they were taking what Paul wrote, his epistles, and twisting them for their own destruction. Think about that. I mean, Paul's letters were being written, I mean, being read while they were still alive, Peter and Paul. Think about that. And if you, and listen, if you, don't, if you don't have the knowledge that Paul wrote in the Bible, you're not going to live in victory over sin nature. And if you're not living in victory over sin nature, that means you can't serve God except after the flesh. Amen. You can get people saved if you're preaching Jesus. Amen. I mean, Paul was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says he immediately preached Christ. But he was immediately bound by the sin nature too. Realizing I can't do this. I see this. I'm supposed to be doing this. I can't do it. I ain't supposed to be doing that, but I can't stop doing it. How am I going to get out of this? But he was preaching Jesus. Amen. You can preach Jesus. You can get people saved. But they're going to end up looking at you eventually and going, uh-oh. <laughs> Who is this Jesus you're trying to preach? So watch now in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied. This, this is talking about after you're saved. God wants to multiply his grace and peace to you, look, through the knowledge. You got to know something. If you don't know, God's not just going to do it anyway. He's given you the word, told you to study the word. Amen. And if we choose to accept that knowledge and not reject that knowledge, then we'll find ourselves in the word, studying the word, and walking with the fruit of faith that comes from hearing the word. 
Amen. How many, how many people know in the Bible that says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some have? Well, that's a word. That's knowledge. Okay? That's knowledge. You got to have that knowledge to know. Everybody with me tonight? Okay, let's read this. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and... The Holy Spirit had to add this because if he didn't, we'd think it comes just through any old way. And of Jesus, our Lord. See, the Holy Spirit keeps us on track. According as his divine power, that's the cross, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Here it comes again through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Through the knowledge, you got to know something. What do you got to know? You got to know the Word of God. You don't have to be a theological scholar. Listen, in 1994, when the Lord got a hold of me and turned my life around, put me in church, gave me a Bible, I didn't know anything. I could tell you the basic stuff. I mean, God loves me, sent his son. He died for me. I believe it. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I didn't, I, man, I couldn't, I didn't know the difference between Abraham and, and many of the other men in the Bible. I didn't know none of that stuff. But the, but the Lord stirred in my heart. I needed to know that stuff. So I began to study to learn that stuff. And the more I study, the more he's promised to impart into my heart. He didn't tell you to study the word for some, just so you could have something to do. He says, listen, here he comes. He told you why he told you to study. Study the word to show yourself approved unto God. Well, not to be approved, show yourself to show yourself approved. You're saved. You've been approved by the blood of Jesus because you trust him. Now he wants you to study because he's looking for the fruit in your life of his approval of you. That's why we study because we want to learn more about this that God has done to approve me in Christ. Hallelujah. I want to know more about that. We sing the song, I'll never know how much it costs, but if we're not careful, it'll just be a song because if we're really singing it from the heart, we'll get us one of these things called the Bible because we want to know more. We might not ever know how much it costs, but we want to learn a little bit more today, just a little bit more of that cost. Amen. So twice here in verses 2 and 3, we're told that it's through the the knowledge of God that grace and peace is multiplied unto you. You got to have some knowledge if God's going to multiply grace and peace to you. He's not going to do it overnight while you're sleeping. That's new age church thinking right there. I hope when I wake up in the morning, God's multiplied me some peace and grace. Well, you can forget it, honey. Tomorrow morning is going to be just like it was when you went to bed. It might even be worse, but it ain't going to be no better because you've got to have some knowledge, the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ because that's whose knowledge we're told to grow in. Peter wrote that also, that we're to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ if we're going to experience this grace and peace being multiplied. Do you need grace and peace multiplied in your life? Absolutely. What is grace? It's what God's doing, the spirit of grace. Amen. Know you not? You heard that before in the Bible, Romans 6. How many years have we talked about that? Know you not? Do you know what that really is saying? Do you not have the knowledge of this? Know ye not? Do you not have the knowledge of this? That's what Romans 6 is saying. If you don't have the knowledge of this, you can't experience the fruit of this. Do you not have the knowledge of this? And no, they didn't. When Paul wrote it, he was just re freshly receiving it. He didn't have the knowledge of it till he experienced the revelation of it. And he wrote it and shared it so that you and I could know how this old wretched man is dealt with. Hallelujah. 
Amen. But you've got to have the knowledge. If you don't have the knowledge, then you'll go out and think you can do some good things. As I've preached and taught for so many years now, you can do a big piece of stupid on Friday. You know, just treat your spouse like like she's just a full-blown idiot and not worth anything. And you can do that on Friday. And then Monday morning, you can see somebody, you know, standing by one of them stop signs down there in Texarkana. And you, 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 you're going to pull your wallet out when you pull up beside them and give them some money. You trying to cover that big piece of stupid you did on Friday. It ain't working, honey. That ain't working. That's you trying to cover your sin. And the Bible says in Proverbs 28 and 13, he that covers his sin shall not prosper, but he that confesses and forsakes his sin shall have the mercy of God. Not You'll try to cover up some wrong you've done, and I ain't saying you ought not to buy her a pretty red rose for doing what you did, but you better make it right with God. You better get you some knowledge in that Bible that'll teach you how to quit doing that to her or him. Amen. Hey, no, I know people live their whole lives, uh, their whole lives with temper tantrum, hot-tempered, hole-in-the-wall knocking, all oh, just, and then they got to make up, and they, they can't even really be intimate with each other unless they're making up from some, some horrible thing that they've gone through, and that's just a cycle in their life, their whole life. I'm preaching better than your way, men, in the reality that people have to go through their whole life because they don't have the knowledge. And then the ones that do get the knowledge and don't submit themselves to it, it gets worse for them. It gets worse for them because to whom much is given, much is required. No, you're not. Do you not have the knowledge of? Knowledge does not increase without our learning which takes place only through faith in the cross of Christ. Jesus said, you cannot be my disciple unless you bear your cross. Luke 14, 26 and 27. You, can't, you cannot be my disciple unless you bear your cross. Disciple means learner. You cannot learn of Christ. You cannot be walking and growing in the knowledge of of Jesus Christ unless your faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. I don't care what the church today says. Well, God, just do it anyway. They don't know the Bible. And it, I say, there's that word. They don't know the Bible. You've got to know what the Bible says. All other learning will be without the fruit of liberty from know, that will come from knowing the truth. And grace and peace is only multiplied through the knowledge. And listen... It's multiplied. That means you're growing. You're receiving more. It's being multiplied to you. Grace and peace is being multiplied to you. You do know the only way Christ reigns in your life is by grace through righteousness. Grace, Romans 5.21 says, the Bible says that grace reigns through righteousness. Amen. So you have to be living by grace through faith and it and it's supposed to be, according to the Word of God, being multiplied to you. Grace and peace. These old-timers that tell you, well, when you get to be my age, son, you ain't going to have any patience at all. There ain't no grace and peace being multiplied to them because they don't know. You've got to know something. And this, I mean, the generations who've gone before us, a lot of these folk, these older folks, they'll tell you that. Time you get to my age, son, be my age, son, you're not going to have any patience. Let me tell you something. If grace and peace is being multiplied to you, you're going to have all the patience you need. I mean, we're not getting less and less patient. We're becoming more and more patient. Amen. Because grace and peace is being multiplied through the knowledge of God. Amen. Let's look at another uh, verse of Scripture tonight. It's also in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Now, we've all heard these scriptures tonight. I'm not reading anything new in the Bible. Bible's been, the Bible's been around long before we was ever here. Amen? Nothing's changed about the Word of God. Men are trying to change it. But we're not listening to men. We're listening to the Holy Spirit. 
2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. The Bible says, casting down imaginations. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. Now, I didn't go back and read the first few verses of this 10th chapter, but this is, this is really talking about spiritual warfare here. Strongholds being pulled down. Not by what we do, but by faith in what Jesus did. Because you can't pull no stronghold down. Jesus pulled them all down at Calvary. So watch this now. I, I, I don't have time to back up and teach the first four verses of this, although I'd love to. Verse 5, casting down imaginations, and, and that word, it means several things, but one of the things it means is arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself. Self-exaltation against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, I wrote some things down as I studied this, and one of those realities that we have to see when we study this Scripture is that every thought that doesn't bring us into the obedience of Christ is vain and is a boast against the knowledge of God. Every thought that does not bring us to the obedience of Christ, that means to the cross, because there's where His obedience is imparted unto us. Nowhere else. We're not considered obedient to God because we go do something that's right. We, we're considered obedient to God because we're trusting in Christ and His obedience unto death at Calvary. That's the only place God sees a perfect obedience that He will accept. That's why our hearts have to be tied to Calvary, yielded to that work of death. That work is what God is working in you every moment. 2 Corinthians 4.12, death working in you. Death is at work in you so that life can proceed through you. The only place God is offered for all imaginations and high things to be cast down is at the cross. That's where they were all cast down. There alone is where all obedience in God's eyes takes place. There is no obedience because we're going out trying to be, working to be, working hard to be obedient. Jesus did the work, and it was so perfect, it was complete. It was so perfect, it could be called finished. Mm. You know, the cross, is, is, it was a horrible thing to look at and, 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 I mean, to see with your natural eye. But in the Spirit, it's a beautiful thing that God saw at Calvary. Jesus even declaring, Father, forgive them. They don't. What's that next word? Know what they're doing. But he was saying, Father, what I'm doing now, they can be forgiven. Father, forgive them. See, he's the only one that can pray that because what he was doing was what God had to have to be able to forgive them. The cross, beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. It's so beautiful. God saw the most perfect and humble and perfect humility, perfect obedience unto death, a man pouring out his soul even unto death, that he stamped his glory on it, gave the, Jesus a name above every name, and said that, if you'll behold that, I'll conform you into that image. If you'll, if you'll behold that, I'll... I'll I'll change you into that glorious image. I was thinking about the promise of us going from glory to glory. You know what that means, right? You're walking in the glory. It's not this charismaniac and Pentecostalism. I always have to say I'm Pentecost, but I ain't a part of this Pentecostalism. All this flesh and emotions, calling it the holy. I'm not a part of any of that. I'm a part of Pentecost that preaches the cross. Amen. I believe in the gifts. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still for the church until Jesus comes. 
but I am not a part of all the flaked out stuff that's going on today that is hindering the gospel. It's hindering the mission of God. Amen. And the cross is a beautiful thing when you see it for what it really is. God's changing you into that. That's the only place you can be beholding and the Spirit of God changing you into what you're being changed into and to be able to go from glory to glory. I've recently heard men, I've seen clips people sent me of certain individuals preaching that you're going from glory to glory, hallelujah, but they ain't pointing to Calvary. Going from glory to glory, hallelujah, but they're not pointing to Calvary. Ain't nobody on the planet going from glory to glory unless they're beholding the image that they're being changed into. Now, I got a Bible, praise God, and we can sit down anytime and open the pages of it and see the knowledge that's in this book. And I don't need any knowledge that is, comes along that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. I won't listen to it. I won't be a part of it. I said I won't even listen to it. That's why, that's why people, if they want me to see something, they have to send me these little short clips. They send me a whole message. It ain't happening. I'm done with all that. I, I, and, and sometimes I don't even watch what they send me, these little short clips of these preachers. And they go, what do you think about this? I already know what to think about it because I know who it is. They're not pointing to Calvary. They're not pointing to Calvary. If, it, if the preacher's not pointing to Calvary, he's distracting from where the Holy Spirit's pointing. Amen. That's it. I got a Bible. Hallelujah. So watch this now. Casting down imaginations and every high thing. What's a high thing? What are these imaginations? They are thoughts is what they are. They're arguments. And what they're trying to do is exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Amen. Against the knowledge of God, against what you could know that would prevent you from allowing these imaginations and these high things that are trying to exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. You got to know some stuff and you got to know what's right. You got to know the Bible, amen. You got to know the truth is what you have to know. You know, Paul told Timothy in the last days that we're at the end of now, the end of the last days, that they would, the church would ever be learning but not able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Why? Because what they're learning is nothing more than vain imaginations and high things. If it wasn't, the, the end of their learning, the fruit of their learning would be that they've come to the knowledge of the truth. And Jesus said, when you come to that place, you're free. You're free. He didn't say if you do all this and you do all that and you come over here and you stand over here and you do all that, you'll be free. He said, when you know is that, there's that word again. When you have knowledge of, that means you're acknowledging, not you just heard it. When you know, you know the truth, the truth will make you free. When you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And you know what he's talking about there in John chapter 8, verse 32, when he said that, he's talking about being free from sin. That's the context, being free from sin. When you know the truth, you'll be free. And he's talking about being free from sin. And that is for a lost person to be free and delivered from the wrath of God, the condemnation of God, the guilt against their sins. They're, they're delivered from that. They're free from that. They move into a place where now, therefore, there's no condemnation. But it's also talking about for the child of God, learning the word of God, learning the truth of the word so that we can walk in liberty. We can learn the Word of God now instead of the, the what is it, the, 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 the law of the Word. What is it? The letter of the Word. We can learn the spirit of the Word. If you don't, listen, but if you don't know, you'll still be hung up under the letter of the Word. You'll still open the Old Covenant and say, my Lord, they were, oh, they had to be circumcised. Their babies, their baby boys had to be circumcised. Oh, my baby wasn't circumcised. Oh, my goodness. See, you got to know some stuff because that stuff's in the Bible. 
That stuff's in the Bible. You got to know some stuff today when these people rise up and say, you Christians going around saying that that's just evil and satanic for the Muslims or the Hamas, the those uh, whatever they are, to be killing folks. But your God sent Israel, his people, you claim, into these nations and told them to wipe them out and kill them all. You got to know some stuff if you're going to be able to deal with that. You got to know what you got to know is this right here. You got to know some stuff. If you don't, you'll just be caught with your mouth hanging open and made to look like an idiot. And no Christian should ever be at a loss for the answer. No Christian. You say, well, man, I, I just better stay home then. No, you better just get you one of these and get in it. Just get you one of these and get in it. Start in Genesis and travel through it. Read the New Testament first, then go back and read the Old all the way through. And just take your time. Don't get in a hurry. And they say, Lord, teach me. Show me. Teach me what I need to show. Just you and him, not you and the world. You and him. Teach me. And he'll do it. He'll teach you what you need to know. He'll impart truth to your heart. Amen. He'll give you the answers to questions like that. Y'all good tonight? So we're told to cast down imagination, cast them down. How are you going to cast them down? I've, listen, I've watched preachers, people send me a clip of this preacher, and it's somebody popular who's preaching in places that we used to preach and I don't anymore. But the, he, he comes down off the platform, this one preacher, claiming that these people got snakes all around them, snakes all around them. And the preacher comes down and, and he says, I'm going to come down there, and he says, I'm going to throw all them snakes off of you. And he goes down there and just puts on a big, circus entertaining show like he's throwing snakes off these people who are bound by these snakes and my Lord ain't nothing but a money making scheme going on there that ain't the knowledge of God that's not the knowledge of the Bible the power of the cross is the power of God all this vain that's a vain imagination that's a high thing Amen. We got too many people pointing to people instead of God's people pointing to the Lamb. We got too many people pointing to preachers instead of God's people pointing to the Lamb. I've told you for 18 years, you don't need me, you just need Jesus. You got too many people in the church pointing to people instead of pointing to the Lamb. This local gathering right here going to be talking about the Lamb, going to be pointing to the Lamb, going to be singing about the Lamb, going to be preaching the Lamb, going to be living with the Lamb. Hallelujah. That's what we're going to be doing. Amen. You, you just doing all that preaching. No, listen, it ain't no money maker. It ain't no popularity thing going on. Uh-uh. It, you look like an idiot trusting in the Lamb. Oh, you sing the song, but you got to live the life. Hallelujah. Casting down imaginations. You can't do that by yourself. You can't do that without the help of the Holy Spirit who has a law and a sphere, a rule, a boundary that he works within. And it's the, it's the, the, the rule that, that, that it, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that's where he works in Christ Jesus. When we try to function outside Christ Jesus, he can't help me. His only help for me when I'm functioning outside of Christ, the Holy Spirit's only help for me is to try to get my attention to point me back to where I need to be walking in Christ again so that he can begin to help me again. He can't help me outside of Christ other than pointing me back to where I need to be. If you don't think that's a reality, read the book of Revelation. Jesus is calling Sardis a dead church. He's telling Laodicea, I'm not even in fellowship with you. Think about it. Somebody preacher gets up and preaches that today, you're a heretic. Get out of here. <laughs> it's in the Bible, amen. Casting down imaginations. You ever had something attack your mind? Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Uh, this won't get out of my mind. This won't stop coming in my mind. It ain't of God. It won't stop. It won't stop. Uh, and it won't stop. And I can be praying. I can go a little while. And all of a sudden, there it is again. It won't stop these things trying to exalt themselves. And I'm not even talking about perverted, evil, worldly things in us of things that God brought us out of. I'm talking about evil thoughts that would try to lower the truth of Calvary and exalt something else above it like it's more important than the message of the cross, the word of the truth of the gospel. 
Amen. Amen. That, that's an attack on your, on, your, on your heart, on your faith. Casting down imaginations and every high thing. A high thing is anything that is distracting you from Calvary. That's a high thing because it's exalting itself. Remember, the ministry of self-exaltation is satanic. Self-exaltation, let me say something about this tonight, about the church being caught up in trying to promote self and uh, save self and deliver self. That's the ministry of Satan. That's more than flesh. That's the ministry of Satan. The Bible says that Satan's ministers transform themselves into ministers of what? Righteousness. They come sounding like they got a message. But their message is self-transformation. If it's not the cross, it's self-transformation. Jesus died to deliver us from self because that was our problem, the selfish sin that we were, selfish sinners. So remember that. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And, and, and what do we do? It tells us right here where we take them. We have to bring them captive, take them captivity to the uh, every thought. The more close you are to Jesus, the more intimate your relationship is with him, the more he's doing in your life. Let me just warn you, things are going to break out right here. They're going to break out right here. And you're going to wonder, why is all this going on? Why is this happening? Why, why, man, I ought to be past, you ought to be past what? You ought to be past what? You ought to have a life above reproach, but the attack on your mind is going to intensify like you've never known if you are truly carrying the cross because that is the message that saved you. That is the message proclaimed that will save anybody that will believe it. And it's also the message that causes you to be able to stand in that faith and make the devil flee. So you're going to be attacked. And a lot of Christians, they start hearing this and they start growing and they don't understand when things start happening. Things are going to happen when you start walking in this truth because you are a threat. You are a threat. Not because you go to church, not because you read your Bible, not because you give to, the, you know, to a church. You're a threat when your heart is trusting in what crushed the devil's head. When your heart is yielded to that truth of Calvary, you're walking in a place where lies like fiery darts are sometimes going to feel like they're never stopping because they're attempting to get you to receive them, their self-exaltation above the knowledge of God, above that which you've received, above that which God has brought you to and walking you in because he found you miserable and desperate and he showed you the truth and he led you into it and you begin to experience liberty and freedom and, and, a, and, a, and a wisdom and discernment that would show you that all that had been a waste of time and now you're in the truth, now you're following Christ, now you're learning and growing and grace and peace is being multiplied and you are under attack because of that. It, that ain't going to get better. The fruit of your life is, but that stuff is going to get worse. Worse. You should say amen and count it all joy because listen, the devil he ain't got he ain't got to worry about nobody that's not yielded in Calvary's cross. He's already controlling them through their selfish fleshly lusts. But when you begin to trust in I'm talking about this knowledge, you gotta have this. This knowledge, you got to know this. Christians will throw the towel in because they're just being bombarded. Why, why, why? Why, is, why am I thinking like this? Why are we at each other now? Why are we under attack like this? Because you now have the knowledge. And you have 
tasted and seen. And that is going to cause a greater warfare in your life. You do know, don't you, that no matter how mature you get as a Christian, the devil has schemes and devices for every level of your maturity. He's been around for a long time. He is the father of lies. He can tell you something and make you believe it unless you're hearing what he's saying through Calvary. If you're not looking to the cross, you're not going to be able to deal with the lies that you're hearing. It's one of the reasons he always delivers us unto death, 2 Corinthians 4.11. So when these, uh, these, these imaginations and high things do show up, we'll be right there where they're dealt with at Calvary. Casting down, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You're being tempted by that. You're being tempted by that. You better take that thing captive to the cross where the obedience of Christ overcame all things for you. And if you choose not to, that thing's going to capture you and take you somewhere you don't want to go. And when it does, you're going to be in trouble. We've taught it for years. You'll either adhere to this, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. How many, how many times do we go through uh, hours or days, God forbid, or weeks or months in animosity toward a spouse or a family issue because we just wouldn't, what we call, give in. Our giving in is taking every thought captive to the cross. Amen. That's, what, that, that's, what, that's where we give in. Well, I ain't giving in. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> I ain't giving in. The only place you can give in is at the cross. And when you do, you've been delivered. <laughs> you've been delivered from what? You. What about them? They got to go to the cross too. And if they don't, they still not delivered, but you are. The cross is not about I will, will. The cross is about I will even if they don't. You got to know that. You got to have this knowledge. If you don't have that, and that preacher's all over teaching on angels and all this stuff and that. And it don't matter what they're teaching on. If they ain't pointing to Calvary, ain't nobody leaving with nothing. Ain't nobody going to bed with nothing that God was offering. Knowledge of angels. What'd that do for you? The names of all the angels. If that ain't tied to the redemption plan of God, that didn't do anything for you. Ain't nothing wrong with teaching on angels or anything else in the Bible, but it's got to be tied to God's redemption. got to be tied to Calvary. The church don't like that today, and that just proves how far off we are from where we need to be. Amen. Because we have the knowledge now. What are we doing with it? We have the knowledge now that will prevent the self-exalting knowledge from ruining our lives. What are we going to do with it? Amen. We know the truth, and sometimes we just rock on and rock on, rock on. We, we want what? We won't yield ourselves to the truth. But the moment you do, there's grace and peace, God multiplying it again. That's why, that's, why, that's why when every time we go going through something and we yield our hearts to Calvary, it's like such a refreshing thing because it's the Holy Spirit working and now multiplying grace and peace again in my heart because my heart is trusting in where the flow of everything comes from. I got to have that knowledge. If I don't have that knowledge, man, I'll wreck everything in my life. And once I have the knowledge, now I've got to submit myself to that knowledge, commit and submit myself to that knowledge. And it's a fight. Sometimes you won't have the last word. You won't argue. You won't make, bless God, you're going to know what I'm talking about, son. <laughs> you know, we don't come right out and say it, but, but we, we think, we don't even think it, but we're doing it. God, I got this. I'm taking care of this one now. We do. We don't say, God, Go have a cup of coffee. I'm taking care of this one. But we're doing it. Amen. I'm, I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm speaking to preacher. He, he got to talk about himself because everybody else holy. Hallelujah. We know too, Brother Dale said. 
That's right. We're learning. But see, we're learning. I said we're learning, but you can't be learning if you're not learning knowledge. Knowledge that ends up in liberty. Knowledge that ends up in experiencing your salvation. Knowledge. I don't want to be ever learning but not coming to the knowledge of truth, saving truth. I don't want to be in that place. I, and, 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 you know, in, in 2003, I began to hear this knowledge from the Word. And know ye not? No, I don't know. Know ye not? Do you not have this knowledge? No, but I need it. Or, no, and I already got something that's working. It's, no, I need what's scriptural. Show me what's scriptural. That's what I need, amen? Amen, praise the Lord. So, this might be the last message in this series. I don't know, we'll wait and see, but we need to understand we got to know something. And what we got to know is the things that God has given to us freely. One of them is victory, triumph, peace, grace, everything. It's all free. You ain't got to work for it. You don't have. You know we don't we don't give financially to a church to get something. We give because we already got everything in Christ. We don't come to church to get something from God. We come to church because we already have everything from God. We've been already given freely everything, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I, you know, I come to church to worship. I come to church to praise God in the congregation because there's a special blessing according to the Scriptures for those who do. And I come to hear the Word of God that I'm told to do that will help me learn, help me to understand what the Holy Spirit's saying to me. Amen? To process the knowledge that's being offered, you have to apply yourself. You have to apply yourself to these truths that are there. They're there. We have to give ourselves to it. We have to learn the Word of God through the lens of Calvary's cross because that's where the Word of God was tested and tried and proved to be pure. The living Word of God went to the cross and what that, one of the things that was happening there was the Word of God was being tried, tested. But on the third day, it was proven that the Word had stood. The Word was pure. The Word had stood. There he was standing there, the living Word of God. Amen. That's good stuff. Would you stand with me tonight? Praise the Lord for His goodness. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Lord, for the knowledge. Oh, the knowledge of Jesus that you've given us. The knowledge that has brought the truth to us. The knowledge of the gospel. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God that shines in the face of your Son, Jesus. I thank you for an increased knowledge in the days ahead. I thank you for an increased impartation of truth in the days ahead. Lord, I'm learning things now that I never even knew existed growing up as a boy, even a young man. But it's been here all along, written in the Word. And I thank you for the truth that you're willing to guide us into. If we're willing to allow you to teach us the truth, to guide us into more truth, you said all truth. We're asking tonight, Lord, for a little bit more of that all truth. I thank you, Lord, for reminding us that we have received your Spirit, your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that we might know, that we might have a living experiential knowledge of the things that you have freely given to us. And Lord, we know we're not working for anything we're not working for anything that you've already freely given us. We thank you for this word tonight. We ask for your help to know these things, to cling to these truths. 
to allow our hearts to be open only to the word of the truth of the gospel that we might be able to find that multiplied grace and peace in our lives, in our families, in our ministries. Hallelujah to the Lamb. If you need prayer tonight, we'll be glad to pray for you before you leave. If you'll come to these altars tonight, we'll pray for you. We'll believe God with you. And we sure are going to thank God for you, that's for sure. We're so thankful for each of you. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord. I thank you tonight for Brother Jimmy, Lord, the, the, the ministry that you've given him. Lord, the reach of your right arm that, that ministers through him, the power of your right hand, your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for putting men and women, boys and girls, in his path that you would declare your truth through him to them. And Lord, I pray that the ones that he ministers to would be saved, whether they're saved right then and there or they're saved later. I just ask you, Lord, a special request tonight that they would all be saved. They would all come to the saving knowledge of your Son as this age is about to close out. I pray for the harvest that you've called Brother Jimmy to partake of. And I thank you for, Lord, doors opening for him. Great, effectual doors opening for him. And I pray for him tonight that you would prepare him and equip him and use him mightily in the days ahead. And I thank you for it. I thank you for it tonight. Hallelujah. Again, we praying for you if you're watching me tonight, if you're struggling in your body, if you're struggling in your physical body, I just want you to do one thing tonight. I just want you to admit to your faithful Lord that the cross is the answer for that which you seek. The cross of Christ, the beauty of what He provided there at Calvary, is enough to make you well. It's enough to make you well. And I thank you tonight, Father, for your touch upon every individual who is hearing this message tonight, these words, this prayer for them. I thank you, Lord, for your touch upon them, even on this very moment your miracle-working hands laid upon them to drive out the very hindrance in their bodies. And I pray that you would have convicted us all tonight with the words we've heard and that there would be a new fire birthed in our hearts, fresh fire birthed in our hearts, a fire that desires, that burns with desire to know the Word of God more than we ever had that we would have a love for the Word of God more than we ever have. And I thank you for doing that for us all tonight. I thank you for helping us with our priorities and helping us to not allow anything try to get higher than the truth of Calvary in our lives. Any imaginations, any thoughts which none of are worthy to be exalted above you. And I thank you, Lord, for what you did even during this service tonight in the hearts of your people here and abroad. We thank you, Lord, for the cross, the precious blood. We boast there and there alone because there we find Everything you have for us freely. Everything. We give you all the praise tonight. In the blessed name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. He loves you. Have a great rest of your week. And I'll see you Sunday morning.